Welcome to the All Around Joe podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. On this edition of the All Around Joe podcast, I am excited to be interviewing Danny Holzman of Halo Neurosciences. Now, just so you have an idea of what Halo Neurosciences is, is they're the company that makes that headset thing that you see athletes wearing during the warm-ups, or even during their workouts, right? And I've had the uh, privilege of getting to use one of these Halo Sports, is what they're called, Halo Sport, for maybe about the last month now. It's been a little bit inconsistent because of my travel schedule as to when I've been using it, but probably about three times a week. And I've been using it in a way that would be ideal for improving the things that I am working on right now. So some of those things are front squats, overhead squats. I'm always doing snatches and clean and jerks. So I'm excited to talk with Danny about how the product actually works and how it can help everybody improve. Because I've actually started seeing improvements in my own training. So I want to understand why that's working and help you to understand if Halo Sport is right for you and if you should pick one up yourself. On that particular note, if you do decide that you would like to get yourself a Halo Sport, you can get one with a sweet $250 discount by using the code ALLAROUNDJOE. So I've liked it enough that I've decided to put you know, my All Around Joe brand behind it and get you guys a discount if you use the code ALLAROUNDJOE. So without further ado, let's hop right into this interview with Danny Holzman of Halo Neurosciences. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Danny, how's it going today? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Joe. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the podcast here. I know that I've been interested with the Halo products for a long time and I'm excited to dive into it with you. Um, but before we even get into the product, man, I want to know about you a little bit. Like, what's your story? What's your background? Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I grew up in Chicago suburbs. Um, you know, it was always fascinated in science uh, all throughout school. It wasn't until I got to uh, Cal Berkeley for college where I really uh, fell in love with studying the brain pretty early uh, into my college career. Um, and as I kind of you know, went through college, I got more and more fascinated with specifically uh, ways in which we can help the brain function uh, better. Nice. Um, yeah, so I, I joined the, the Halo team three years ago um, on the research team. So when I joined Halo, it was very much, you know, a research lab um, testing brain stimulation. Uh, and then once we actually developed a product for the world to see, I have transitioned to more of the partnership side. So I get to work with um, the elite level athletes and organizations and teams and uh, military and help them get the most out of the product. Very cool. And you an athlete or like how did that connect with the brain science? Like what made you so interested in it? Yeah, always a huge fan of sports, um, okay. you know still play a lot of sports myself. I never, you know, played at the professional or collegiate level, but, um, but yeah, always been a huge fan and, and a very, uh, you know, active person myself. Okay. Very cool. And so what is halo neuroscience first, even before the product, like what is halo neuroscience? Yes. So halo is a broadly speaking is a neurostimulation company. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll give you a little bit of, of background on the company. It was founded in 2013 by Dr. Daniel Chow and Brett Wingeyer. Um, and this is actually their second neurostimulation company. Okay. So their first is called NeuroPace. Um, and it's a pretty heavy-duty medical device. Um, so it require, requires brain surgery 
and implanting uh, an electrode into the brain of epileptic patients. Um, and what it can do is actually detect and stop a seizure from happening. Wow. So yeah, incredibly, incredibly powerful stuff. Uh, and for them, they really saw like how powerful brain stimulation can really be. Yeah. The problem being the whole invasive part of it, that it required brain surgery, it required implanting this electrode into a brain, uh, which you know most people don't want to do and all of the healthy population isn't going to do. Right. Um, so that was really like the the goal in mind with starting Halo Neuroscience is how can we bring the powers of brain stimulation to the entire world, to healthy and impaired. Um, so 2013, they started this company uh, specifically around non-invasive brain stimulation. Yeah. Uh, and again, it was very much a research lab at, at the start. So no product in mind, just testing this, uh, this technology and seeing where the benefits could be. Um, and it wasn't until we saw very, very strong results in, in um, helping people acquire movements that we developed the product, uh, Halo Sport, the one that you see today. Okay, so there wasn't, you guys didn't necessarily know, or Halo Neuroscience didn't necessarily know what they were going to be doing with it, the technology necessarily. Exactly, yeah. I think that's you know pretty different for most companies, that this company was actually founded without a product in mind. Yeah. Um, you asked Dan and Brett when they started this company, and I think there's no way they would have said that we would, would have been in the world of athletics. <laughs> so yeah, it kind of just turned out that way uh, based on the data that we were seeing in, in research. Okay. And then like, how did that tipping point happen where it was like, all right, you know, this could be really cool for being able to shoot a basketball better or whatnot. And then let's test that. Yeah. So, you know, looking back on like the research we were doing was much more like in the weeds kind of scientific research, you know, yeah. looking at muscle activity and things as, you know, as simple as improving someone's pinch strength. Sure. Um, but for us, we were like, okay, what we're doing is helping people learn movements faster. Who are the people that care about movement the most? And, and that's really the people that we created a product for. Um, you know, the, the athletes of the world, um, military personnel, musicians, again, everyone who, who's going to care about improving movement. Sure. And did the founders have a passion for that? And is like, I'm still trying to like figure out how that really connected in was just like, Hey, this could be, you know, what are we going to do with this research? Um, and a, it goes to sport or, you know, movement, or we really like this and it'd be cool to have a product that makes us better at what we're doing. You know? Yeah. They're, they're both definitely enthusiastic about sports themselves. So both Dan and Brett are, are like big time cyclists. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's totally a coincidence that that's the route that it went at first. Um, but again, more than anything, it was just, we were seeing like very strong and, and reliable data with simulating the part of the brain that's responsible for movement. Mm -hmm. Um, so it made sense for the place to start. It was, you know, this is, we, we keep seeing good results. Um, so why not create a product around that? Yeah, absolutely. And that leads us into like, what is the product? Tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, Halo Sport looks like a pair of headphones. It is a pair of headphones. Um, mm -hmm. You know, kind of looks like Beats by Dre would look. Sure. Um, really, the reason for that is because we need to get uh, electrodes to the top of the head because the part of the brain that we're seeing motor cortex. Um, the motor cortex is the strip of the brain uh, that's going to go right in between your ears, right at the top of your head. Um, and it's the part of your brain that controls your movements. So it's the part that is responsible for both learning movement as, as well as executing movement and sends signals down through your spinal cord. Spinal cord then sends signals to your muscles and tells your body how to move. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, you know, people see the headphones, they often ask like, why the headphones? And, and honestly, it's because it's, it's the best vehicle to get electrodes right on the top of your head here. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And a little bit further, like what would happen if somebody had a dysfunctional motor cortex or like, what is the motor cortex a little bit more? And like, how does that actually stimulate? Let's get into the, the science of it a little bit. If, if you're cool with that. Yeah, no, definitely. So yeah. So again, the motor cortex is, uh, is, is like a pretty physical part of your brain. People think the brain and they often think about like focus and, and, and attention and like getting pumped up and in the zone. Yeah. Uh, the motor cortex actually has very little to do with that. Uh, it's, it's much more about building circuitry that's going to teach your body how to move. Okay. Um, everything from a very complex movement to something as, as simple as just, you know, gripping your, your hand. Um, everything having to do with your muscles starts with the motor cortex sending signals uh, down. Um, so to get into the science of what Halo is actually doing, so the technology that, that we employ is called transcranial direct current stimulation, mm-hmm. um, TDCS for short, because it's a mouthful. Okay. And that's been a, a research tool for quite some time, for about 20 years or so. It's been uh, really picking up in the research world. Uh-huh. And what, that, what it does is it's basically just sending a small amount of electric current, direct electric current, um, to the brain. So it is a very small amount of electric current, but enough that can actually get past the skin and past the skull okay. and place an electric field over the part of the brain that you're trying to improve. All right. Um, which is what's really cool about using stimulation is it can be very specific on the type of behavior, the type of um, you know, perception, the type of movement that we're trying to, to, to control. Sure. And so like, why does electrical stimulation on that part of the brain actually make my motor cortex work better or? Yeah. So, um, you know, your brain is electric itself. Uh, it's the language of the brain. It's how the brain communicates and builds connections is through electricity, uh, which means it's also quite sensitive to electricity. So, um, a, a small electric field actually allows neurons, um, to fire more easily. Okay. Uh, basically it's exciting the neurons of the part of the brain that you're stimulating. Uh, and then what that's able to do is allow neurons to then build circuitry with each other more easily. And that is the whole process of learning. Okay. And is there like a specific signal rate or something that's going on there? I know I'm saying this wrong, but you know, or could we just take some electrical charge and just put it on our head and it would stimulate, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it is um, a specific current. So okay. it's, um, you know, on the upper end of what Halo Sports can output, it's, uh, it's slightly over two milliamps of electricity, okay. which probably doesn't mean that much to people, but um, and it is a very small amount, but, but it has been found to be like a very safe and very effective amount to actually get to the brain. Okay, cool. And yeah. I, as I'm reading through this and I've been using the product myself, obviously, and I'm a huge nerd as it comes to like technology and trying to improve and get the most out of my training. And so I'm, you know, hanging out at the gym, wearing the product and having other athletes ask me, what's it doing? You know? And I'm like, well, they say that it creates this hyperplasticity. Yeah. And they're like plastic. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. right. um, so what is hyperplasticity exactly? Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'll back up a little bit and first just talk about neuroplasticity. Okay. So this has been a topic that, uh, you know, it's pretty hot right now. It's, it's, um, I think people often talk about this idea that your brain is, is plastic. Um, and it's, uh, basically what it means is that your brain has this awesome ability to change and adapt and to learn new things based on, um, it's, it's experiences in the world. Okay. Right. So this is the basis of learning anything, um, from learning a math formula to, 
learning a, a foreign language to learning movements this is all because your brain has this ability to change and adapt. Okay. Um, so every time that we're, that we're training, we're always doing that to teach our brain the movements that we want to learn. Um, hyperplasticity is a state that's going to be this heightened level of ability to change and adapt. Um, so, so that's really what Halo is, is doing. It's allowing neurons to fire more easily, which means that the circuitry that the brain needs to build can actually build uh, easier and at a faster rate. Okay. And do, like, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but like what is actually happening when the brain is like changing itself? Is it just that it's making more interesting connections? Is there actually tissue being built in the brain? What What's going on in there? Do you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this, this can get pretty complicated, but when, <laughs> uh, so, so I guess there's two parts to it. One is building new connections. Okay. Um, so I guess this is a metaphor I like to use it. It definitely simplifies things a little bit, but, um, let's say that you're, you're learning a new movement. So, um, a one, one I like to always think of is like riding a bike because everyone can think back to that moment of, of riding a bike. Uh, and that movement felt so impossible at first. And, and the reason for that is because there was no connection between the neurons that needed a connection. Okay. Um, and so basically the way to think of it is that there's basically a forest in between these two neurons. Okay. Uh, and in order to learn the movement, we need to create some sort of path between those neurons. So as we continue to practice that skill, continue to practice riding the bike, we start to build this connection between those neurons yeah. um, until all of a sudden it clicks. And that's when that there's that connection that's being built. And as we get better and better at it, that connection gets stronger and stronger. Um, okay. So that's a very roundabout way of ex- kind of explaining this idea of, of learning and plasticity. Um, but what's actually happening is, is what's called, it's at the synapse of the neurons. So neurons talk to each other by sending signals through a synapse, which is basically just a little gap between neurons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the actual process of learning all happens through this synapse is that one neuron is sending signals to the other neuron uh, and that neuron needs to then be able to, to recognize that signal and then do its own thing. Cool. Cool. I'm jumping back into my uh, kinesiology degree days here. With, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all of these terms. It's awesome. I love it. Um, we didn't, let's step into like how the product is actually used. So like, let's say you walk into the gym. Uh, a lot of my listeners are, are CrossFit athletes or triathletes or something like that. Um, what do they do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, a neurostimulation session, or we call it a neuropriming session uh, it's just for 20 minutes long. Okay. So how most athletes will use this as actually as a warm-up tool. They'll use it for 20 minutes right before their training session. So maybe they're stretching, they're doing some light agilities, they're you know using a foam roller or something like that. Yeah. Um, and the key is that that 20 minutes is going to put your brain in this hyperplastic state for a one-hour window afterwards. Okay. Um, so after the 20-minute session, you can take the headset off and your brain's going to stay in the state for one hour after. So that's really the key is that uh, we need to take advantage of that hour window and really feed our brain quality repetitions right afterwards. Okay. So quality repetitions, that gets me into a couple of things. So first, you don't necessarily have to have the headset on when you're doing the important stuff. It's exactly essentially turning it on so that you can take off the headset and then, you know, do the muscle up practice or do the snatch practice or do the Metcon even, right? Exactly. Yeah. Which is great because a lot of movements are, uh, are uncomfortable to be wearing a headset during sure. you know, some are impossible. We work with, with swimmers who 
aren't can't go in the pool with the headset on. But uh, but yeah, as long as you're wearing it right before your training session, you're still going to get the effects during. Okay. And is there any benefit to like, let's say if you have your day starts off and you're doing a whole bunch of snatches or muscle ups or complicated movements, and it's going to be, man, let's say you do it for an hour and you start off with, you know, ramping up your training with the headset on. And then as the 20 minutes pass, you take it off. And is there any benefit to actually having that on as you're continuing or starting to move? Or should it be like, oh, I'm walked in the gym. I'm going to take it really easy as I'm doing that. Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. So your brain does get into the hyperplastic state relatively quickly, about three minutes into the stimulation session. Okay. Um, so it's not that important to be doing movements. Again, the key is just that you want to be able to get right into training okay. right when the 20 minutes is up. So if you have a normal kind of warm-up routine, that's perfect to be doing while wearing the headset. Mm-hmm. So that way you don't have to do your warm-up routine when you take the headset off. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, again, most of the athletes I work with are doing more uh, of their warm-up routine and, and not really working uh, too much on the repetitions they're really focused on for the day. Okay, cool. And then it brings me to the second part of the question that I was thinking of is um, how clean does the movement have to be in order for this to work properly? I mean, you gave the the uh, picture for us of like creating the trail through the trees. What mm-hmm. happens if my movement is crap? Yeah. You know, then does it create a, you know, the wrong path through the trees, a really long one? <laughs> right. No, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. It's absolutely right. Like what we're doing is not magic. We're not just magically making these movements better. Mm-hmm. Um, all we're doing is allowing your brain to learn the repetitions faster, which means it's even more important that the repetitions you're doing are quality repetitions. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, people need to, to keep that in mind and really make sure that, that when they're using Halo Sport, they're going to be really focused during that training session and really thoughtful about their movements. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So that means that, yeah, really got to, got to be careful with that as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, the way I think about it too, though, is, uh, you know, that's true about training anyways. If, if you go into training and you're practicing something incorrectly, you're going to be learning that incorrectly. So no one should be doing that anyways. Sure. Um, but you are right that we're just accelerating the rate at which you learn these movements. And so if you're um, not thoughtful about them, we're, we're ingraining improper movement as well. Awesome. Yeah. So essentially get really good coaching, then apply the technology, and then that should hopefully move you in the right direction. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um, what kind of results are, are CrossFit athletes seeing with this that you can share? Yeah, I think um, – so for me, CrossFit's such a cool sport. Uh, to be involved in just because uh, it, it requires, you know, being a full athlete, right? Which means strength and explosiveness and endurance and flexibility. And it just across the board, it's everything that has, that has to do with an athlete. And what's cool about that is Halo can help just about all of those aspects of an athlete. Cool. Um, so it, it really does depend a lot on what the person is, is trying to improve. Um, okay. You know, I think I, I always go to the strength gain just because you can put them into a number and it's very easy to track. Yeah. Um, but we've seen, you know, incredible results in improving people's strength and power um, really across the board, whether that's like through squats or through snatch, uh, whatever it might be. Um, our athletes have been, you know, they claim that they've been PRing at a much faster rate than, than they've been expecting. Cool. And let's say that during, let's say for example, that I'm good at strength, but like my endurance component or my, 
quote unquote Metcon as we call it in CrossFit mm-hmm. isn't as good. So I'm still going to do my strength component, but it might be over, you know, that's the first 30 minutes. And then I'm going to set myself up for actually let's call the strength an hour just so that it, it elongates it a little bit, but then mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing a 30 minute Metcon after that. And that's the point that I, or the, the component that I really want to improve upon mm-hmm. because, you know, maybe my endurance sucks or, you know, just something about it. I'm not as good in that component of CrossFit. Would you then recommend that I waited to do the halo work before the Metcon? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So we work with a ton of athletes who are are doing just that, right. That their, their day is not simply one strength session. Um, And so that's right. So the only limitation is you can use halo once a day. So you have to figure out at which part of the day are you really focused on improving most. Um, Interesting. And so, yeah, I mean, what you just said is exactly how, how people are using it is they are thinking about what they really want to improve. Maybe it's what they're weakest at right now. They really need to get over this hump and they're, they're figuring out when to incorporate it into their day that way. Interesting. Okay. And, and then I guess the next question is that when you're, when you're looking at the app and you're setting up what you're going to do for the day, it says, uh, refresh my memory. There's like uh, legs and arms and then there's some more, um, mm-hmm hands and fingers yeah, is that so, what it is? yeah the consumer app is uh is broken up into yeah there's three different options there's a hands and fingers option and then there's more of a full body we call it the legs core and arm session mm-hmm. um and yeah to i guess to explain this a little bit more uh your motor cortex is broken up it's basically a map of your body um so depending on where we send the stimulation we can improve different areas of training Uh, so, you know, for most athletes, they'll use the legs, core and arm session, which means we're sending stimulation right to the very center of your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, for the hands and fingers option that's used mostly by musicians. Um, you know, some athletes that are really working on grip strength or, you know, maybe a pitcher working on, um, like specific finger movements to hold a ball. Um, but it's, we're just changing the location of the stimulation. So the hands and fingers area of the brain is going to be, you know, more, more near your ear. So we can change, change the simulation. Okay. Yeah. And it's, so you said that you should only be using it once a day. And I was watching some videos as I was doing research for talking with you. And there was, there was a guy in there that did it. Uh, he was doing some strength training, but then he also said he used it for like using his keyboard. And I know a lot of people that are still, you know, hunting and pecking or whatever they call it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, man, that would be cool if I could type faster. Um, yeah. then I could put it on there, but I'd have to prioritize that on a day that I wasn't necessarily going to do my workout. Cause that would be <laughs> the priority. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we say wait like eight hours. The app will actually give you a soft lockout and we'll tell you to wait for eight hours in between, um, simulation sessions. Interesting. And the reason really just being, uh, you get diminishing returns. So, okay. you know, similar to why you wouldn't lift weights three, three times in a day. It's just because you're not going to get much out of it in those, that second and third session. Yeah. Um, it's, it's similar idea here is that simulating your brain within that eight hour window actually won't um, alter, it won't modulate the, the neuron activity. Okay, cool. And jumping into uh, some a thought that came up is that how long has the research been going on? And I know that obviously the, some people are going to ask, well, what is, is there anything that I should be worried about as far as safety uh, of the unit goes. So can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So uh, I know I mentioned this quickly earlier, but TBCS has been studied, you know, pretty robustly now for uh, a little over 20 years. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
I, I guess I'll first answer um, the, the kind of research that's being done. Sure. Um, and yeah, you can look back like 20 years when the research really started to pick up. Um, and also really like high, you know, quality research being done too. So the U.S. military was, was very early on to testing this um, and improving sniper training and pilot training. Um, so yeah, the research that's being done is, is uh, kind of all over the board. It's definitely improving, you know, the motor stuff that I think Halo is doing a really good job at driving, uh, but also testing things about, you know, improving cog- cognition and, and helping more general aspects of learning and memory. Um, mm-hmm. And that just means stimulating different parts of the brain. Um, sure. So there's a whole bunch of research, a bunch of really awesome results. Um, the other side of it is on the medical space. So TDCS actually initially was developed to, um, to treat depression and, and, and mood disorders, um, as well as improve things like you know, stroke rehab um, and helping people relearn how to move after some drastic injuries. Sure. Um, so that's where a lot of the research is, is heading right now. I think that's where uh, you know, Halo is definitely hoping to go as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that also kind of leads into the safety stuff. So this has been, you know, tested on thousands and thousands of subjects at this point, um, with, with no safety concerns. Okay. Um, you know, more conceptually speaking, your brain, as I mentioned before, is an electric organ itself. Yeah. The amount of electricity that halo is, is delivering to the brain is tiny compared to what it produces on its own. Um, so there's no reason to think that it would be harmful in any way. Okay. Um, and, and the results would, would agree with that. Okay, cool. And so you, you mentioned that, uh, you would use it once a day, pretty much in an eight hour period. Um, I know that a lot of things that we do, including like when we stimulate the body to strength, gain strength or, and things like that, we go on and off cycles of it. Is there mm-hmm. such a thing with this type of stimulation where you're like, man, it, it works the best if you're always doing it or if you're doing it like three months on one month off, or is there any kind of research that shows that kind of data? Yeah. So I can't really point to, to research that's showing that, but that is exactly what I recommend people to do is okay. um, phase this in and out of training. Like you would normally phase your training. So if you're really ramping up and really pushing on, on strength gains, perfect time to be using halo. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's more about, you know, recovery and resting in this cycle, then you're not going to get so much out of Halo. So it's okay to take it off. Okay. Um, I think what most CrossFit athletes find is that there's always something that they're working on. Um, so if they're not pushing their strength gains, then they're working on, you know, something on the gymnastics side or something on the endurance side. Yep. So I feel like that's a group that is, is pretty much always using Halo just because uh, even when they back off on one side, there's, there's this other area they can be working on. Okay, and d- would would that work for, or, or would there would it be more advantageous to take the you know one three months on one month off or whatever your cycle is if you're switching up what you're doing right you know like you said with the CrossFitter it could be like yeah I want to spend three months or even you know two months or whatever focusing on improving my back squat and deadlift like like overall pulling strength mm-hmm. or whatever maybe and then I'm going to switch into more Metcon stimulation or gymnastics would that change in the style of training actually do for kind of the off period? Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. So, so I think what you're kind of getting at here is like, do, does your brain get used to stimulation and get like, does, do you require uh, exactly stimulation to keep up? And that's not actually the case. Your brain okay. is um, sensitive to the stimulation. Okay. So in that sense, then no, there's no, there's no reason to take off for three months. Okay. Um, gotcha. 
Yeah, I guess what I was saying before is more so like if you're really not working on pushing games, if there's more about, you know, recovering before a competition, yeah, um, not so much of a reason to use Halo there. You're not really working on, on learning um, new things, not really working on pushing strength gains, then, then take the time off there. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Very cool. Well, that's cool then that the, uh, yeah, you can continue to stimulate your brain. It just stays sensitive to that. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Um, what, uh, do you have any athletes that are in CrossFit that are big names that have had cool results with this and that are thinking that this is technology that everybody should be using? Uh, yeah, yeah. So Carrie Pierce, uh, Camille LeBlanc, Sam Dancer, Kristen Holta um, are some of our, you know, the bigger athletes that are using Halo. Um, I think they would all like swear by the results that they've seen um, kind of across the board. So, you know, I think we've been talking about this a lot, but one of my favorite use cases is like what Kristen does. Um, and this is more just about like how she goes about training in general, but she'll look at what she is weakest at in the moment and okay. make it a point to make that a strength of hers. Okay. So the example that she gives me is like, she really struggled with muscle ups. Mm-hmm. So then for her, she was like, I need to make muscle ups one of my strengths. That's just kind of how she goes about training, um, which is a perfect use case for Halo, right? Find what you're, what you're stuck on. You just can't figure out a movement somehow. Yeah. Um, and, and let's teach the brain to learn that movement faster. Right. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Um, let's see. Does the I've noticed that when I'm using it, and I actually just thought of this, does the amplitude matter? Uh very slightly. So the, the app, as you've probably noticed, there's a range from a one to a 10 in amplitude. Yeah. Um, what that actually is, is about like one milliamp to two milliamps of electric current. Okay. Uh, that whole range is functional. We give people the choice of where they want to put it more so for comfort because it does feel different at different levels. Uh-huh. Um, the, the higher you go, the slightly more you get out of it, but it's not, it's not very drastic. That whole range is functional. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I've been, so, so people know when you get up and you start the, the 20 minutes, it puts it on five, right. Is the, right. the default setting. Yep. And I don't know. I'm like, well, I would feel it's cool if I can feel it more. So I always jack up the amplitude because, you know, even if, if I can feel something, then maybe I'm, convincing my brain that it's working more um so getting totally. more placebo no, we, we all the time. yeah it's like people <laughs> want to feel something um yeah. it's part of the reason they do they do i would say 80 percent of our athletes ramp it up to a 10 i, I hear that all the time really yeah. <laughs> okay yeah cool so yeah not so weird then i guess yeah. um do you have a you know we've got these top athletes that we've talked about that are awesome that are using it um mm-hmm. i've been using it i've seen some strength gains in the few, first few weeks that i've been using it um, I think I came across in my research that it said like there might be, you might see more or less depending on how trained you are. Is there any uh, mm-hmm. truth to that? Yeah, definitely. So um, yeah, especially looking at like how, you know, we often get the question like how often uh, do I have to use this until I see a result? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to depend a lot on the level of expertise. So we've actually seen improvements in a single session with more of the average you know, average Joe. Sure. Um, if you're an elite athlete, you just have less room to grow. You're already closer to your athletic potential. So it's going to take a little bit longer until you really notice a difference or see a difference. Um, so for, for elite level athletes, we would say give it about two weeks time until we would be confident that you would uh, notice a difference. Okay. And let's say, for example, you, you say two weeks time 
and they're trying to improve their muscle up. Like mm-hmm. let's say Kristen there, uh, is trying to move, improve her muscle up. Do you recommend like, Hey, do this three times a week for that muscle up for two weeks? Um, or, you know, cause sometimes in CrossFit you might see a muscle up in your training program, you know, maybe once a week, maybe less, but if you're really trying to improve that, have you seen any kind of repetition that Definitely. should happen? So that's the key really is like repetition based training is the key to what we can improve. Yeah. Um, so I would say that is important. If, if you're really focused on improving a specific exercise, mm-hmm. um, you should make it a point to practice that exercise, um, you know, pretty often. Uh, that's more for like, you know, specific movements. If we're, if we're talking about like, let's improve our lower body strength as like a, a broad statement, mm-hmm. um, I think it changes a little bit and then we can use it, you know, in, in really any type of session that we're going about that's going to be working on lower body strength. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. Like the key is, is repetition. So you should make it a point to really do that repetition over and over. Okay, cool. And do you guys have any kind of like tests that you've told people to do? I know that this is, uh, it's not necessarily a cheap product, but it's something that can work and people want to see that it works, you know? And I know that like when I've done certain things before certain testing with even supplements, they'll be like, all right, I want you to do 500 meter row. And then I want you to, you know, practice this, the X many of time amount of times. Mm -hmm. And then this is where we're going to see the results. So if you had somebody that's like super skeptical, what would you tell them to test and how, you know, how would you set that up? Right, right. So this is, um, I mean, yeah, I guess like to back up a little, like what we do in our research lab is, is like very rigorous science, right? Like we'll take large groups of people, uh, give half of them up the placebo stimulation, half of them the real stimulation and look at um, improvements over, you know, two to three weeks time. And that's how we really prove out that what we're doing is working. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. The challenge when we get to the real world is that people want to see these improvements and it becomes, um, you know, sometimes challenging when we're talking about a quote unquote study with one person, sure. um, like an N equals one study. So how do we really see improvements that um, are more than the improvements that we'd expect to see anyways? Yep. yep. So I think the biggest things that I always recommend is um, number one is just have a baseline, know where you are before you start using a product like Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, and two is like, look at some historical data on yourself. Uh, see how much you've improved over the last three weeks. Or maybe if you, you know, if you're more of an elite athlete, you can look um, like a year ago from today when I was in a very similar cycle, how much was I improving? Sure. And then changing nothing except for adding halo to your routine. What am I now improving? Right. Um, so what we're really looking for is um, like accelerate acceleration in learning movement or strength. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we, we definitely ask people to you know look back on their, their progress over time and compare their current progress to that. Okay. And is there any kind of like, um, I know that training is a lot of your mindset going into, mm-hmm. into the training. Does the stimulation of the motor cortex have anything, is there anything else going on there? Like what are the, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not so much. So I'll be honest and say that we'll hear all the time that people feel focused and more alert and, you know, more attentive to what they're doing. Yeah. Um, maybe there is something there. We don't really think so because again, the motor cortex isn't really the part of the brain that's going to be responsible for that kind of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, whether that's something really there, whether it's, you know, some placebo effect there. Uh, I think what, what is real is that, um, you know, especially with our, 
more elite level athletes, they have a very, very good sense of their body. You know, they, their career has been built around their body. So they have a very good sense of where they're at. Um, So we'll hear things from them. And and as soon as one session saying that it it felt different, they felt like they had more control over their muscles. Um, They felt like they were getting through their warm up more quickly. Um, And what I believe is like, it's that kind of stuff that then people uh, associate with like more focus and more attentiveness when it's really more, more so of this physical effect that that we're having. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I find that like, even if it's placebo, you know, I'm watching people that have gotten results with the halo sport and I'm thinking, all right, I should be getting results as well. So now that I'm using, I'm getting this placebo effect or even like I'm stimulating my own, you know, intensity for that because mm-hmm. of what I've seen other people do. So if the science is there that it's actually working and then I'm convincing myself that it should be working and then <laughs> you go into a workout, oh. then it ends up working. And like an example of that is yesterday I PR'd my front squat and I've been training for a long time. So that doesn't happen very often. And I believe that, you know, my, I had worn the, the halo in my warm up. And part of it was that I did think, oh, well, I'm using this, so I should be getting better. And then I went into it expecting to be better. And, you know, basically sure. it helps the planets align a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no doubt that placebo effect is working in our favor. Um, but again, that's the exact stuff that we're controlling for in our own studies. So sure. all of the studies that we run, um, again, we give half the population something that's called sham stimulation. So it, it um, you know, tickles the head similar to what TDCS feels like. Oh, cool. But it doesn't actually send enough stimulation to get through the skull. Um, so those people think they're getting the real thing. Yep. Uh, so in, in a similar way that you just said, they kind of pump themselves up. They're expecting these improvements, but um, that's exactly what we're controlling for. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, very cool stuff, Danny. Is there anything else that we haven't really talked about that you talk about with, you know, athletes or whatever on a regular basis that you think that we missed that we should bring up? Not so much. You know, I I think the way that I like to like frame, like largely speaking, what Halo is doing is just addressing um, building an athlete through the neurological perspective. Mm Mm-hmm. So when we think about everything that an athlete does, you know, they're, they're eating correctly, they're sleeping right, they're thinking about their muscles, they're, um, there's like the psychological components where they're, they know they need to be focused and getting pumped up before competition and all that. Yeah. Um, but neurologically speaking, like how the brain is learning movements is, is something that's often just ignored. Um, I think, you know, I think people understand that it's really important, but they're not talking about how to optimize it. Mm-hmm. So I guess just, yeah, again, broadly speaking, that's where we see Halo fitting into this big picture of building an athlete um, is, is through the neurological, neurological aspect of the brain. Yeah, it seems like it's impossible for us to think that we can do anything without getting our brain in, involved in the whole process. Right. Um, do you, last question here, do you have, is there a specific athlete or range of like experience level that you think the Halo sport is better for so if someone's like listening or watching this do you know and they've been doing crossfit or some sort of sport for a couple of months or versus a few years versus are they you know intermediate advanced is there does that matter at all or like who are you targeting yeah it's a great question and i get it all the time you know i think uh there's kind of two different 
like areas here. Like one is that what we can, where we can really help people improve a lot quicker and a lot uh, better is the, the amateur athletes. Right. Yeah. Um, so if people really care about like still improving uh, and they have a lot of room to improve, we can help accelerate them very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one area that we can help really quick, like very largely. The other side of it is that elite athletes um, probably care more about their movements, right? Like they're, sure. they're doing this for the profession. Um, so even though they have a smaller gap, uh, closing that gap between where they are and their athletic potential is much more important to them. Yep. So I think it, uh, you can kind of look at it in, in, in both ways, both your average person and your elite person would definitely see benefits. Sure. And that I said one more question, but something else just popped into my head here yeah. as what are the, what's the age? Like, is there uh, 18 and over or like, has it been tested on younger populations? Because you mentioned that like, if you could get this to somebody who's, you know, still developing or like in the novice stage, they're going to improve or get to that next step faster, but can it be used? on the younger population? Yeah, so it's 18 years and up. Um, Reason being uh, is just that there's not that much research being done uh, under 18. It's starting to move in that direction slightly. So there's been a few studies this year that came out looking at, um, you know, 16-year-olds also seeing good results. Okay. Yeah, we would say 18 and up for Halo. Okay. Uh, I guess going one level deeper than that, though, like really what we're doing – you can think of it as like making your brain a little bit more childlike uh, temporarily. Sure. But you look like a, an eight-year-old's brain and it is so plastic as it is. That's why kids can learn languages so quickly. They can learn movements even quickly. Um, and people always say it gets so hard to pick up an instrument as you get older and learn new languages as you get older. And that's true. Your brain becomes less and less plastic. Sure. Um, so really what we're doing is putting your brain into more of this sticky childlike state for, uh, for a temporary amount of time. Very cool. I'm sold. I want to be a child and learn things really fast. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, how can people, how, how can people get their hands on a halo sport if they want to try this out? Yeah. On our website, uh, our website has a lot more information too. So halo neuroscience.com, you know, read more about our studies there, see more about the athletes that we work with. Very cool. Very cool. Danny, I've really enjoyed this. I think that it's, definitely fun getting to learn from somebody like you that's way smarter than me on this subject. So thank you for sharing that with me and, you know, indulging my silly questions and not knowing as much as you, but, uh, yeah, no, it was great. I uh, really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Yep. I really appreciate it. And I hope that people go and check out, uh, the halo sport because I've been using it. It's definitely something that I've been throwing into my training routine. And if you want to even hear more about it or ask me questions about how I've had recently, you know, results on it, definitely uh, shoot me an email, joe at allaroundjoe.com. So Danny, again, thanks so much. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. That was my interview with Danny Holzman of Halo Neurosciences. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Like I told you in the podcast and in the intro, I've been using it for about four weeks now and have seen some improvements already, hit some PRs that I haven't hit for a long time. So I do think the Halo Sport product is worth checking out. That being said, it is not the cheapest product out there. So if you're going to check it out, use the code all around Joe to get yourself $250 off. And if you have any questions, always let me know. I'm happy to answer those questions for you. You can put, get to them uh, on the comments of this video, or you can find the show notes at allaroundjoe.com slash 136. So if you want to pick yourself up a Halo Sport, you can do so and use the code allaroundjoe to get yourself $250 off. 
and you can let me know if you have any comments. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. The All Around Joe podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. I will see you on the next podcast.